You're listening to The Alan Carter Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so thrilled to be back here in the studio, back broadcasting, back actually hosting my very own radio program, which is exciting. Uh, I want to say thank you so much to Adrian Batra and Keenan and yesterday. At, who was in yesterday? Somebody's Peter Sherman, the mighty Peter Sherman was here yesterday doing three hours of radio, which is a real shift. Uh, what Ed Keenan calls doing this show is uh, the Alan Carter lifestyle. It's one hour of radio. It's an Alan Carter. It's a lifestyle choice, really. We're going to talk about a lot of different things over the next hour, but I want to begin with something that just happened in the news. And you just heard about this. This whole thing about this, uh, these kids that uh, had apparently smoked some opioid-laced marijuana and had to have Narcon or nar- you know, um, administered to them so that they could uh, survive. Turns out all of that stuff is not true. Not true. And if you just happen to be listening on May 16th and 17th when this story first came out, if you happen to listen to this program, I told you it wasn't true. I told you it wasn't true then, and it's not true now. And I have a bit of an issue with the media, and this organization is one of them, for taking what the police say and simply rebroadcasting it and saying, well, this is what the police say. And for example, this is what uh, Inspector Kevin Maher said on May the 16th about the situation with these two teenagers who, according to the police release, had gone outside from a house party and to smoke some marijuana. Here's what the officer had to say. We are operating under the assumption, uh, informed by our medical uh, support teams as well, that there was an opioid present in both of those individuals' bodies in some way. That's not true. The two teenagers, and I'm now reading from the updated Milton release from the Halton Regional Police Service, the two teens have since reported that they believed they were consuming a substance called salvia. After the incident, the police service submitted a number of samples to Health Canada and the Centre for Forensic Sciences for analysis to identify the cause the results of those analysis indicate the males were not exposed to an opioid, but ingested synthetic cannabinoids. Now, I, I just want to get you up to speed on a little bit of this really quickly before we move to some politics and some raptors. So, salvia is referred to by a, a number of different uh, terms, uh, street terms that uh, indicate what kind of drug it is. It is not... It is not interchangeable with marijuana. You will see it packaged as spice or K2. Do not believe that your casual marijuana user can somehow mistakenly all of a sudden ingest this. This is not marijuana. These are chemicals that are sprayed on a leaf-like product that looks like marijuana it does not have the same qualities on your on your body. It is not ingesting THC. It is not also an opioid. It is extremely dangerous. K2 in spice is extremely dangerous. It is not marijuana. And I make that point because the police made it seem and were very happy to let it be known that a couple of teenagers smoking marijuana, a substance that is legal in this country, somehow managed to ingest something that almost killed them. 
And I think we're owed a bit more of an explanation as to why it would take so long for this information to come forward. Because I'm telling you right now, it has not been a month since those two teenagers fessed up about what it was they were actually smoking. I'll tell you that for sure. And that makes me mad. It makes me angry about a little bit. Because having covered the police for so many decades in my capacity as a journalist, I get tired of seeing the police wheel out some, you know, table full of weed and table full of drugs. This is back now, going back a little bit before it was legalized, but they would do this all the time. Here, Oh, here's this giant bag of weed. It's got a streak value of $12 million. You, okay, well, maybe if you sold it joint by joint. And... You must always take the information that comes from the police with a critical eye to ask yourself, what is there? Is there an, an agenda there? And you have to ask yourself that question every time. And I sometimes, I, I regret that we don't always do that so well. Let's talk some Raptors, shall we? Because of course that big game is coming up tomorrow night, and uh, as you're watching the Raptor game. You're going to be saying to yourself, why am I being preached to? Why I'm just trying to I'm just trying to win a championship here and now you're all over me with this kind of thing. Andrew Shear, another conservative prime minister. He's a yes man to the 1%. This is an ad. Yes to tax cuts you may have for seen the richest it. Canadians. I got to talk over it cuz they're not getting free ad yes time from me. Tax cuts too. Following Doug you got to pay my salary. Conservative health care cuts. Here's here's the yes. the kicker coming Shear's up. Here's a yes man to them, and that means no to you, Andrew Shear. His weakness will cost you. Mm. Learn more at Sheerweakness.ca. Okay, let's kill that. Let's just kill that. Now, here in the House of Commons is the reaction from uh, a conservative MP. This is from uh, Mark Strahl, who is the conservative MP for Chilliwack Hope. Toronto Raptors lost last night, but at the end of the game, the Prime Minister was smiling from ear to ear. That's because anti-conservative attack ads ran in prime spots during the game, and the Liberal Party didn't have to spend a cent because a special interest group called Engage Canada did their dirty work for them. And that is true. This was not a uh, Liberal ad. It was Engage Canada, and we see this a lot. We have seen it a lot in Ontario. There are new strict rules Uh, prohibiting third-party advertising. To talk more about this, I am joined by Nelson Wiseman, who is a professor of political science at U of T and a regular contributor and commenter on political affairs. Hello, Nelson. Good afternoon. Are these ads, first off, effective? Only marginally at this point. It's just too far out from the election. The ads will have a greater impact in the last uh, week, two weeks before the actual voting day. In some ways, I think the ads are really preaching to the converted, and they tend to reinforce people's pre-existing biases. Um, And I think a lot of people resent the ads. They see it as the increased Americanization of our campaigns. And the U.S. has showed us the future in so many areas, and this is another one the kind of negative advertising we're seeing now. It's certainly not sunny ways. Is this because we are outside of a, a writ? Um, I, I'm just not as familiar with the federal rules on third-party advertising. Obviously, we've had significant changes in Ontario, and we saw that in place 
for the last provincial election a year ago. What what does the what does the government say? Or what do the rules say about third party advertising federally? Well, let me say, you know, we have a charter of rights and freedoms, so there is free speech. People can speak all they want, and that includes any kind of group. Uh, you know, you look in today's paper, and yesterday, today's Globe and Mail, yesterday's Globe and Mail, the day before, double page ads by the Alberta government are encouraging people to uh, on the Trans Mountain pipeline. So that's all legal. It's all legitimate, although that's taxpayer money. With respect to federal rules. The parties are limited in how much money they could spend during the writ period. That's when the election is formally called by the Governor General. And that will probably be 37 days before Election Day. So it'll happen in early October, in early September. Uh, legislation was introduced limiting third party advertising. This is not the political parties. After uh, in effect, the end of this month. So these groups, which can also spend some money during the election period, but right now it's unlimited. So they're blowing their money on getting people's attention now before the end of June. So continue to expect these ads. With respect to the conservatives, they're also running ads, but they've raised a lot more money than the liberals and the NDP. So they are paying for their own ads. Nelson Wiseman, Professor of Political Science at U of T. Always great to talk to you, Nelson. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. Can we stop? Can we change? Can we try to do something useful in the end? Can we stop? Can we change? Can we try to do something useful in the end? The uh, lanes on the 400 have been reopened after that nearly fatal accident. It just sounds absolutely horrible as a wheel comes flying off and smashes into a car on the highway. A woman is uh, in hospital with serious injuries. Uh, Karen Lieberman from Global News is live on scene for us near the 400. What can you see from where you are, Karen? Uh, when we arrived here, we saw the both vehicles finally being towed away since the collision occurred. Um, but traffic was bumper to bumper. Um, it took us probably about two hours to get here to the 400 near uh, 89. Um, and as you said, the woman, the 29-year-old woman, is in hospital. She does have very serious injuries. So just to give our, our listeners an idea of what was happening, so she's on the southbound side. She's driving, um, she's from Barrie, so she's heading probably, you know, toward the city. And then out of nowhere, this tire comes flying from the northbound lanes um, from a vehicle that was probably two or three lanes away from her in the other direction and smashed right into her windshield, taking out most of the windshield and a good portion of the roof of her car. Um, and she was airlifted by Orange Air Ambulance to hospital Allen and again serious injuries of course the driver of the other vehicle did stop as well considering there was a tire missing from his vehicle uh, and again both have now been uh, been taken in and police are investigating right I was just doing, wanted to to clarify because it was unclear from what I had read whether or not the tire was perhaps a spare as you sometimes see being on the back of vehicles or but this is a tire that came right off the vehicle as it was driving 
That's a very good point to make. It was a tire that came right off the vehicle as the driver was was driving. And, you know, Orange Air Ambulance tweeting, OPP reminding people as well that this is not nearly the first time this has happened. In fact, the exact same thing happened a month ago in the same location, just reversed. So it was a vehicle uh, from the southbound lanes to the northbound lanes. The tire went flying. So basically the exact same scenario occurred here. And we know of several other incidents where people have lost their lives as a result of this. So it's very serious. Um, and, you know, here's one, one pointer, if I can, that drivers are being reminded, you know, from mechanics that, you know, if you've just changed your tires, as an example, from your winter to your summer tires, there is a step that a lot of motorists tend to forget, which is returning with your vehicle to get the wheels retorqued. So basically, as I've now learned, the lug nuts on your wheel can loosen, and that means you have a higher chance of losing your tire. And so either motorists don't know this, or um, they're just ignoring this part of the process. Uh, are you talking about people who change their tires personally? Yes. So no, like if you no. do it yourself, you still got to take it in? Either way, either way, if you do it and then you, let's say, drive a couple of, you know, 20, 30 kilometers, you need to recheck them. That's the idea. That is great information and something that everyone should be aware of. And you're right, Karen, that's not something that I was really aware of prior to this. Exactly. I think many of us don't know. Um, And then again, you know, I'm from Quebec, but in Ontario, it isn't the law to change your tires. So a lot of people are just, you know, there is maybe less guidelines for those who do switch to winter tires and then switch back to summer tires. So a very important pointer. Um, And then also just, you know, what we're hearing from mechanics um, is just take responsibility for your vehicle. You need to be aware of this, you know, that some people are saying potentially the driver felt a vibration if the, if the tire was loosening, you know. These are things that you need to be aware of and so cautious of because this woman now, this 29-year-old woman, is in hospital fighting for her life. Karen Lieberman, thank you so much. Thank you. You can see Karen's report tonight on Global News at 5.30, simulcast on this radio station at 6 o'clock, so you'll be able to hear it right here as we update the situation, and we'll be staying on top of that story all day long as we get any more information on that young woman who is fighting for her life. Let's talk about the Raptors, uh, switch gears just a little bit and dribble on, just uh, drive the paint, and uh, talk about how the city is reacting, this city, after sort of being smeared, I'm going to say it, with this tar of, well, well, Raps fans, maybe they're not so great after all. They cheered for Kevin Durant to be down. I can tell you I was at the game. I was there in the uh, media gondola high above watching when Durant went down. Uh, And from that perspective, we... You know, where we were, we immediately, when we saw Durant go down, uh, we'd stop watching the rest of the play and we're focused on that. But remember, there was a play still underway. So a lot of people didn't really see him go down. And then the crowd, I don't think the crowd really had an understanding for what had happened. And yes, there were cheers when, you know, the medical staff came running over to him and they helped him up. But I think as soon as the, the players, you know, who were like, don't, man, seriously, don't cheer for a guy who's hurt. Uh, before KD left the floor, even, before he had been fully escorted off the court, the crowd began to chant KD. And I don't hear near enough of that being talked about. I don't. I hear Steph Curry giving us a little bit of, well, I'm disappointed, tisk tisk. I didn't hear Steph Curry talk about, yeah, what about the chance for KD as he went off to the locker room? What I fear is that all of this is a motivation for the Warriors who are going to come out tonight 
and do it for Kevin. Do it for Kevin and for against all of those Toronto fans that disrespected him. And if that motivates the Warriors, then the calm demeanor of Kawhi is going to have to center our team and calm us down and take us through it. Richard Stewart is a trainer, former player, works at Advanced Basketball Canada, joins me on the line. Hey, Richard. Hey, Alan. How are you today, my friend? I am fantastic. I'm not going to lie. I think like every Raptors uh, fan, I'm a little nervous. I, you know... I, I know uh, we still have be, another two games, but still, I'm nervous. nervous Alan. Don't be nervous. Let me let me reassure you on all the Raptors fans that this aberration that happened the other day um, will not transpire again. They win tomorrow night. You think that 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 means three in a row in Oracle, which is very unlikely statistically. Well, well, here, here. Let me go back to what you were talking about and touch base on what 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 was really happening. Here's my fear of what happened, Alan. When the play before, KD and Van Vliet got into it. The fans saw that. KD and Van Vliet were joined. Then the play came down and KD was um, injured. Now, the, the, the emotions and, and the stir among the fans there was still in effect from that. So that little, yeah, cheer that he fell down, maybe, you know, we're with Van Vliet. That is part of what happened. Yeah, that's one of my fears. Here's the second part that I saw also, Alan. The people that can afford those lowest tickets are people that go to the games all the time. I don't believe those are the people that are the fans of Toronto that, that play, that watch basketball day in and day out. So they're not versed in everything basketball like their everyday fan is, like the man in the Toronto street is that pulls his money together and gets a couple of games and he's there. I think that's one of the issues that happened. I really don't think that it, it, it bodes ill for uh, Toronto. Canadians are, are revered around the world for being great people. I'm not worried about that long term. Um, yeah, the cheers for KD after, no one has said anything about that, but that's a storyline that people want to put out there. Here's the last thing we'll say about that. The emotional impact you just talked about, Alan, that's gone. That's dissipated. What happened was, that's how Golden State won that game after KD went out. Because they should have been deflated, but no, they went in the locker room, came out half time, and said, we're winning this for this guy. I want to, just, Richard, I want to play for it. This, this is, here's the chant right here. Okay, why am I not hearing anything about that in American press? Why not? Because we're Canadians, and because we're another country, and because they're parochial. And it's the finals, and even though a lot of people don't like um, Golden State, they don't like any team that wins three in a row. They want to see something new. They are still parochial. They're still Americans, and, uh, and that's how they go about it. There has to be a villain here. And although they can't look at us as villains, they have to find something to have, hang their hat on. Well, and, and part of that now is this sort of asterisk they're trying to tack on to this whole finals. It's like, oh, it's the Raptors versus, you know, a part of... You know, only a portion of the Warriors. Hogwash, Alan. Hogwash. Whatever team comes on the basketball, uh, on the court, on the field, um, on the hockey ring, you put professionals out there. Professionals are ready to play. The 12 people on those teams are professionals. Now, yeah, there's a little bit of, okay, Durant is the best in the world. He's not there. Clay's banged up. But you know what? At this time of the year, everybody's banged up, Alan. I'm not falling for any of that stuff. The Raptors deserve to win this game and, and, and the championship. Kawhi has brought a different type of leadership to this team. I'm, just, I'm so thrilled to see a person like this in Toronto. Not a guy who, who thumps his chest after every dunk. Not a guy who thumps his chest when the team's down by 20. Ridiculous. I'm an old school guy, Alan. I played for the Canadian national team, won a silver medal with my teammates for Canada, played at Oakwood Collegiate. I mean, won championships, 
went to NCAA, played basketball. Back in those days, I don't, you don't do none of that stuff. But, 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 again, I'm not putting down today's player. Today's player is different than we were. However, I like what Kawhi Leonard is about, a, a quiet leader who gets it done and, and brings everyone up with him. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for this city and for this country, my friend. Me too. I'm just absolutely beside myself, and and despite the nerves that I have, mm-hmm. uh, I am just I'm just so thrilled, and I love I just love the emotional center that Kawhi brings to this team. Richard Stewart is uh, a trainer at Advanced Basketball Canada. Great to talk to you. Hope to have you on again soon. Alan, thanks for the time, my friend. Go Raps. Go Raps, indeed. And that center that. Center that Kawhi brings, and and you think about Joel Embiid. Remember that way back, way going back in all of these series when he was doing the airplane move in our house. He'd scored a big. Maybe it was trounce. It was a game that they were trouncing us, and he did the old flying away thing. And and then guess what? You know what? Maybe he's flying down south. Maybe going you know golfing or something, Joel, because we're still here. And uh, the other thing I'm going to tell you is that last year during the NBA Finals, it was essentially LeBron James and some custodians that went to the finals. It was LeBron and nobody. And it was, and everyone says, LeBron's uh, achievement to get that team to the finals was perhaps the greatest thing that he has ever done in his career. And at the end of the day, Golden State won. And that's all that anybody remembers. And if the Raptors Hoist the trophy. That is all anyone will remember. Go Raps. Let's get it done on Thursday. Keeping our eye on the situation unfolding in Hong Kong, where protests continue to erupt as uh, people in that uh, Chinese territory protest a new extradition law that China is trying to bring in. I want to take you to some of the protests right now. And what you're hearing is uh, police who have been firing rubber bullets and tear gas into the crowds, crowds of thousands of students and civil rights activists, many of them with their faces covered. This is the biggest political crisis in years for the semi-autonomous Chinese territory, and it has now forced a delay of a legislative debate on this contentious bill. And people in Hong Kong, concerned, extremely concerned, that if they are to be extradited to the mainland, that they would simply be put up in front of a television camera and made to confess. They say that is precisely what happens, and we have seen evidence of that. It is also important to mark that the kind of protest that you are seeing in Hong Kong would simply not be allowed to happen on mainland China, within mainland Chinese uh, control. And this is also an increase in hardline tactics by the Chinese government, and you should be watching this. This is something that keep your eye on what happens here, whether or not the Chinese government steps up its Uh, oversight and control of Hong Kong. And right now, I can also tell you that the Canadian government is urging caution for anyone traveling to Hong Kong because of these protests. 
want to talk about an investigation that Global News has undertaken into just a horrifying story coming out of Prince Edward County, Ontario, and namely the Prince Edward County uh, Children's Aid Society. And what happened when that society began placing young girls, vulnerable girls, in a foster home. And to talk about that, I am joined by Alex Mazur, who's a global online reporter, talking about this story. Hello, Alex. Hi there, Alan. What have we uncovered? So, um, basically, I've spoken to two young women who were foster children at a foster home uh, in Prince Edward County in the mid-2000s. Um, it turns out they had about 25 foster children go through that home, and um, there was just a really strange family dynamic going on. Uh, the foster parents would groom the foster children. Um, they would have them watch porn as a family, dress the girls up and do photo shoots with them, you know, give them sex toys for Christmas. And, um, even, you know, I have court documents that describe these strange parties where they would invite adults from the community Apparently lost Alex there. I can uh, tell you, uh, I just fill in a little bit more of this uh, story, which is so horrifying, is that the, the couple who have been convicted, they would groom these young girls. And I think perhaps the, the most horrifying one is that a, a young girl who had had a, a problem with a fight with her mother left the family home and went to this foster home and then decided that she felt more at home here. And the mother struggled to get her young daughter back, but couldn't. To find out more about what happened and what is being done in terms of oversight and who is being charged at the Children's Aid Society for a lack of oversight, you can see that all tonight on Global National. That is at 6.30 tonight following Global News locally, which is at 5.30. And, of course, the uh, simulcast begins at 6 p.m. You can hear it here as well. And what a beautiful day it is out there, just gorgeous. I want to tell you about a couple of quick stories that have just really flagged my interest. And one of them we talk about in the news, you may hear it in 15 minutes too. This new study that shows that the number of Ontario teenagers visiting hospital for emergency departments for self-harm has more than doubled between 2009 and 2017. It goes up 78% if you look at just mental health problems. And here... If you are a parent of a teenage girl, this will terrify you. It says the increases in both types of visits, both for self-harm and for mental health problems, were more pronounced amongst teenage girls. In Slovenia, this one jumped out to me. Slovenia's government has approved the culling of dozens of bears and wolves to curb the animal's growing population following a sharp increase in attacks on domestic animals. The official news agency in Slovenia says more than 100 farm animals have been killed by by bears or wolves this year. And, of course, environmentalists are not very happy about Slovenia's government now approving this call. In Shreveport, Louisiana, the city of Shreveport has now moved to abolish a 2007 ordinance that had banned people from wearing pants below their waistline. You know, the whole baggy pants thing, and like you think, this is ridiculous, pull up your pants. And then we actually had laws brought in. I'm sure you remember this. 2007, they brought in a law that said you can't have the baggy pants. Well, guess what? And I'm sure this doesn't come as a surprise to too many people. Police data showed that the law resulted in the arrests of 699 black men and 12 white guys. 
And the law has been questioned ever since a 31-year-old died in February after an officer tried to stop him for having saggy pants. Now, the coroner has said that the man in question apparently shot himself, but I'll bet you there are people who disagree with that assessment. So no more law against baggy pants in Shreveport, Louisiana. You know what? Wear your pants however you want. And don't get all upset about because your pants are hanging. Whatever. You want to wear your pants around your ankles? I don't care. Not my place to tell you which way to wear your pants. I mean, what are we going to do? We're going to have school uniforms for everybody now? Wear your pants however you like, youngsters. In India. India now saying it's going to launch a second moon mission next month aimed at landing a rover near the southern pole of the moon. That has not been explored so far. That's where they keep the cheese, you see. And if India's going, it'll be a paneer. It'll be a lovely grilled paneer. Do you like the paneer? I love the paneer. It's good cheese. I'm all about the cheese. I'm the one. Type I'm the one. Like Keanu Reeves. Get it done. Yeah, I get it done. No blood on the leaves. They can't yeah, that's right. I'm like Keanu Reeves. I get it done. Listen to a little logic right there. I've been promising this, promising this all hour. Why is it that Keanu Reeves is in the news? Well, Mr. Reeves has a new movie out. That John Wick movie is out. He's uh, doing a whole lot of press for the new Toy Story movie. And, of course, when you're out doing those press junkets, everybody wants a picture with you. Well, somebody went through all of the photos that he's been posting lately from fans, from others, Dolly Parton, you name it, a bunch of you know, women that are like, I want to take a picture with you. And if you look, his hands are just hovering around them. His hands do not actually physically make any contact with any of the women at all. It's like an air kiss, but it's like an air hug. And he's being lauded for like, now that's the way you take a picture with a woman who's a fan. You, that's the way you do it. And everybody's like, oh, we've got two carried away. Canary's is just like, he hasn't said anything about it. It's like whether or not he's just doing it or not, but there he is. You know what Keanu Reeves is? Crazy, not stupid. That's right. That's how that gets done. Crazy, not stupid. That's right, Keanu. And one more. Excellent. Thank you very much, Bill and Ted. Excellent, dude. I want to talk about real estate because when it comes to things that people like to talk about in this town, right now we got the Raptors have all of a sudden taken over number one. But then number two is why is summer sucking so far? When it's the heat coming? Everybody loves to talk about weather. And then everything else is real estate. That's all we want to talk about. Like those are your three. Then beyond that, it's like, well, I got nothing else to say. I just want to talk about real estate. Uh, and here are some uh, recent numbers from the Toronto Real Estate Board looking at May 2019 numbers here. This is looking specifically at condos. And high-end condos. Do you know? Did you know that in May, 17, 17 condos worth north of two million dollars were sold in this city. Sixty-two of them to date. Those are condos worth two mil plus. What do you get for a two million dollar condo? Probably not a lot. Probably no, you know, no storage. Uh, Erica Fox is project sales manager for a concierge auctions and knows a thing or two about the luxury lifestyle. Is Do you live in a luxury penthouse suite, Erica? 
I don't live in a penthouse suite, but uh, but I do live in Yorkville in a condo, and my little piece of heaven at just a thousand square feet does run me over five thousand dollars a year in taxes, which is just crazy in this city. But I believe those numbers you're talking about because people in this city and around the world love Toronto, and they have some money to burn, and they're willing to pay for a pricey view, and they're willing to pay for incredible amenities. So. What are the amenities that bring people in with the big cash? Yeah, so I used to work at a place um, formerly known as Trump, don't hold it against me, uh, over at Trump Towers, now the St. Regis. And amenities at a dollar a square foot, so you're talking $1,000 a month for a 1,000-square-foot apartment. And you're getting access to a chauffeur that you can book in. They'll drive you from Bloor Street to Front Street and anywhere in between in a nice Rolls-Royce. You're looking at a luxury-level gym that sometimes you can book in personal training hours with a personal trainer that's dedicated to all the residents. Uh, You're looking at lobbies and bars outfitted with the latest materials, you know, gorgeous onyx fittings, gold-fluted finishes. Uh, You're living the lap of luxury constantly. Uh, And you're always being waited on hand and foot by concierge who are, you know, of a cleft door standard. But so you pay for all of this. And here's one thing that I've heard a whole lot of people are like, why are there no more gyms downtown? Well, it's because everybody with a fancy apartment, you know, with a fancy condo has got their own gym now. It's true. They have their own gym. They have their own Pilates. They have their own trainers. But nowadays, I mean, it's not just about the amenities. We need, we see, we're seeing architects and developers who are trying to attract foreign money from everywhere. Uh, and so they're trying to be the biggest, baddest building on the block. And so it is really not by accident uh, and not by necessity, really, that you're seeing buildings competing uh, in terms of space, in terms of the kinds of, uh, you know, amenities that they'll have in the lobbies. The One, for example, down at Bloor & Young, I'm, I'm hearing that they're going to be having a Louis Vuitton shop in the, in the basement there. I don't know why you need a Louis Vuitton in your lobby when you have Louis Vuitton just down the street, but hey, I, I guess that's the clientele they're trying to attract these days, right? What about like a Max Milk? Like, <laughs> I don't need a fancy handbag. I need, a, I need some milk and some butter. But what are you going to do if you're leaving for that opera gala and you just have to pick up a $1,700 handbag? <laughs> that, that is true. That are, those are all things that I think about every day when I leave the house. That's, that's, all right. Erica Fox is a project sales manager for Concierge Auctions. Thank you, Erica. Lovely talking with you. You as well. All right. Let's, before we go, do we have a little time for a little rip and read? This is where I'm just handed news copy that I've never seen before and I read it ice cold. Don't try this at home, folks. Alligator bites police car during anything but routine traffic stop. You've heard the term taking a bite out of crime. Well, turnabout was apparently fair play for an alligator in Louisiana. Sheriff's deputies were called after an eight-foot gator was spotted in the middle of a local highway. They called the wildlife experts to remove him, but while they were waiting, the gator apparently got hungry... A post on the Sheriff's Office Facebook page notes the gator escaped, but not before taking a bite out of the patrol car. Burglary suspect turns out to actually be a deer. Police who surrounded a house in eastern Texas because they thought they had a burglary in progress found a deer instead. That's venison.
Dizzing airlift turns hikers' rescue into theme park ride from hell. A woman in her 70s was injured during a hike in the Phoenix area Tuesday. The airlift did not go according to plan. Sometimes when we bring the helicopter up from ground, we have a line attached to the basket, and it wasn't put on there. And as a result, the basket began to spin, spin, spin. You know what that is? It's crazy, not stupid. We're back again tomorrow. Crazy, not stupid.